This is Down the Hall Podcast with your hosts, Chet Jobert. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer Garden. Beer Garden was pretty spot <laughs> that was on. pretty good. No, he definitely got that. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome in to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. We are wrapping up our, as Rodney put it, spooktacular speculation. Rodney, I, I've wondered these recent weeks if you meant spooktacular spectacular and the speculation just came out. Can you can you help us understand where your head was at? Do you know that I'm stubborn? <laughs> because as much as spooktacular spectacular sounds much better... I said speculation, so I'm sticking with speculation. It almost suggests that we're not even sure if it's spooktacular. Like, we're speculative. <laughs> we're, we're speculative about the entire thing, process. So, Lyndon's back this week. Lyndon about Hunt. time. Right. Would you stop slacking? Right. Sorry, such a slacker. You know, just do you do saving it, lives. Do you do it because you uh, just because you want to drop that line? Like, of what oh, you're yeah, so every now and again. Doing? So I know how much that winds you up. Yeah, it's it's, Lyndon. Come on, they, there's 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 got to be hospitals otherwise that they would go to. <laughs> so <laughs> that's they live uh, maybe get better treatment. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yikes! Yeah. Shots fired. So that's Rodney and Lyndon. Uh, I'm Chet. We are down the hall podcast. We are here because every single year a person wastes 115 hours just looking for a movie to watch. We scroll through all of the streamable options, Netflix, HBO, Amazon, etc., in order to find you an interesting movie night pick of the week. And we have one for you tonight uh, that we think is a pretty interesting find. It is right in line with our spooktacular speculation. Mm. We also have a throwback, uh, one that you will definitely have heard of, but we want to talk through because there's value, I think, in looking back at classic films. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to add, uh, Chad, I, I know that you don't want me to rant, but I'm going to start with this. You know, recently, uh, new listener Sam to our show, uh, asked me, Oh, uh, or actually apologized at the, at the airport for being out of Wahlburgers. I was like, I, I've been able, I'm a new listener to the show. Uh, feel like, you know, I needed to say that. And I was like, okay, so long as you don't, like, it's fine. Wahlburgers is fine, but so long as you don't tell me that you like Mark Wahlberg. I said, no, I, I don't particularly care for him. Why don't you like him? Is it because of the the thing, the terrible things he's done as a young man, which I didn't even realize? It's like no, mostly because his incessant need to tie himself to Boston. But I would love to know actual facts I cannot like about him. Wait, terrible things he did, like his music career. No, when he was younger, he was like a racist bully. This is this is facts. There are articles which I've sent you both. I've sent you both, but I, I didn't read it. I, it that's fine. But <laughs> the, the punchline, I mean, it's fine. It, just want you to know it. Now I've got actual ammunition against Mark Wahlberg. And what she also said is, I also hope Chet doesn't give you a complex because you're not tiresome. You are hilarious. What does that mean? What does what it got to do with me? Because you told me you, in one of the episodes, you called me tiresome. I did? Oh, don't I, act like you'd be surprised that you call me tiresome. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. So you don't, you find me delightful? <clears throat> Speculative. <laughs> uh, he couldn't. I, I also have ammunition against Mark Wahlberg. It's called The Happening. You know what, though? Of all the movies, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. But I, I was surprised at how not bad it was given the setup of how bad everyone had said it was. 
So you, I think your expectations were just so low. So low. And that is a lesson in life for everyone. Just walk around with expectations so low that <laughs> everything you come across exceeds them. Yeah, you might even find Rodney hilarious. So in this Ouch. episode, we are doing those two movies. We also are going to talk about the Titanic 2 set to sail in 2022. We'll get to that. We also have a list of the five worst jobs in the world. I'm going to have you guys pick one that would be yours out of the five. But first, Rodney... You recently learned and told us about some haunted house that takes things to an uncomfortable extreme. This is like a local one, too. You know that like someone was telling me about um, their experience at a haunted house. And they're like, yeah, no, like they like grabbed me and like I was like gagging. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I was like, I feel like the number one rule is we can't touch you. You can't touch us. And I was explained, no, there is like a couple nights a year at this local haunted house where they're allowed to touch you. First of all, first reaction, what? No, like, but I, I think I heard about this. I think you have to, like, um, I think you know ahead of time. You sign a waiver. Oh, no, you know but ahead of time. The worst part is, is that you say at the beginning, and they say, like, hey, once you go in, if this is the same thing that I heard of, like, once you go in, like, no matter what you say, like, you're not, like, there's no safe words here. Like, you're like you're in here. And, like, I guess I've I've heard, and I watch a video on this, people like losing their mind, getting so pissed at the workers who are basically mildly torturing these people. And and I'm my question to that is like, who, you paid to do that? It's so confusing to me because it's like in the world that we live in now, I just feel like, like, listen, however, you know, like I, there, there's a, there is a small part of my brain that's interested. You know what I mean? Like, like, huh? Well, I mean, I guess like if you're going to do a haunted house, maybe go full out. But I guess I'm just thinking, like, I mean, if that were my job, I would probably be like, well, like, how far do I have to go? It's like, well, terrify them. <laughs> it's like, well, like, do you want me to just like, grab them? Like, I heard my hair got pulled. I heard someone's hands were, like, in my mouth. Oh, God. I mean, what the hell? Like, if I were all of a sudden, I'd be like, all right, come on. We're done here. Like, why are you doing this? I don't. It, I feel like it's as weird for you paying to go. Actually, it's less weird for you paying to go than it would be to be paid to be the person who tortures someone for real. Like if someone said you have to go torture someone for real, what would you do? This like is, what would you do? This is where Lyndon says like we never should have like we never should have lost that war and given this country the freedom that you have to do these things. <laughs> we have way too many freedoms. Way too many freedoms to pursue and things. Too much time on our hands. If that's what people are doing. I, yeah, that is now, a, that is a first world problem. Isn't now, it? I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but for the sake of the show, do you and I need to go to one of these I things? Would, God, I would love to go. Will you go with me? With you, Please. I will go. I mean, Please do. imagine the guy who hates horror. Recently on another podcast that I listened to, two guys that I think they're hilarious, uh, I realized that one of the hosts was terrified of everything. They went to Six Flags Fright Fest and they would walk around. They were walking around one of the haunted houses and it's like a grown adult man and he's screaming every two <laughs> seconds very legitimately. And I realized like, I think I still, I mean, I like them as much, but all of a sudden, like if I used to think like, oh, he's the better host of the two, I now have switched to the other guy <laughs> because I'm like, oh my gosh, are you really an adult man who's terrified of a haunted house? He had this video, like, or this audio recording that they played on the podcast of like every two seconds, he's like, ah, oh, 
ah! And then he was like, oh, that's a woman. It was just, and when they explained that that part, it was just not a part of the haunted house, that it was just another woman that was walking around. <laughs> and and I, that there was people telling him afterwards, like, hey, you got to relax, man. I think maybe we have to, uh, we have to do this. Um, I'm going to regret these words, but I think we need to prioritize that this week. So, all right, we'll circle back. Um, but are you guys ready to get into this week's, uh, this week's movie of the week? As ready as I've ever been. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. All right, so this week we are recommending the movie The Invitation, which is on Netflix. I don't think it's a Netflix original, uh, but it came out in 2015. Uh, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, it does star the same guy who plays Dario Naharis. And also someone who you will swear is Tom Hardy's twin brother. Uh, in fact, for the better part of the initial trailer that I watched, I thought it was Tom Hardy. Uh, this movie, honestly, like it is, fits right in with the spooktacular speculation. Uh, I, as we've documented, I'm not, I'm not partial to scarier movies. So this one, when I first put it on and Rodney, you were there, I gotta be honest, I was absolutely mesmerized by the story. So basically it leads off with just um, a, a guy and his girlfriend going to a dinner party that was being hosted by his ex-girlfriend. And at this dinner party are a bunch of old college friends and they're all getting together um, seemingly, you know, for the first time in a long time. But right off the bat, like one of the opening scenes, there's this like jump scare. And then there's this ominous feel for the entire dinner party. And the entire movie is set within this house at this dinner party. And he, the main character starts to get more and more suspicious of sort of certain people at the party. And you just kind of get this dark, somewhat mysterious, creepy, weird feel throughout. And I will say that if nothing else, the tension builds and builds and builds. And for me, it was probably teetering on like an eight or a nine at times. Uh, and then the ending just goes bananas. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, it has a 87% score on Rotten Tomatoes. So like wow. I said, accessible to you on Netflix, 87% score. And on IMDb, it is at a 6.7. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, and I'm curious uh, what you guys gave it as well. So I gave it, I, I completely agree with everything that you said. And I feel like it's a movie that the buildup is the best part. So I feel like for five eighths of the movie, it's a nine out of 10. And then for three eighths of the movie, it's maybe a six out of 10. So I give it a seven as well. Cool. Lyndon. I'm closer to a six out of 10. I think the payoff didn't work for me, but it's a nice recommendation. And there's some, a nice couple of twists in there as well. So we'd agree. Movie night pick. It is a great in the month of October. Pick. Oh yeah. Especially for October. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, cool. And, uh, we figured we'd do something a little bit different tonight as well, though, because we think, Netflix does have a lot of classics on there. And I think ones that maybe some of us have seen, but definitely ones that we've all heard of. And I think for people in their 20s and 30s, a movie made in the 80s that's a classic, they may have never watched. So, Rodney, you have our follow-up to our pick of the week. I do, yeah. So, uh, recently, I was uh, traveling, visiting Austin, and uh, for some reason, instead of deciding to explore a city, I decided, you know what, I'm going to call it an early night and watch a horror movie I've decided I've never seen before because I saw it was on... Um, I saw it was on Netflix and that was the shining. So obviously I knew certain things, uh, knew that it was a famous movie, knew that it was Stanley Kubrick, knew that Jack Nicholson, you know, it's one of his like well-known horror, you know, performances. And so, um, I was just curious as I put it on whether or not it hold up or not. 
And I have to say, if you've hesitated to see this, I feel like this is also another movie that me being the person who'd be more critical and would not lie to you about whether a classic like you'd be still speculative or not. Yeah, like I'm not going to pretend that it that a classic held up if it didn't. Like, I like it most did a, people would say this is spooktacular. You would say it's spooktacular speculative. I don't know how to. Have we considered calling it a spooktacular spectacular? Because I, I, I mean, I'm going to say that to open up the show. I said no, that. no, no. I think you. That was my idea. I think I said those exact words. <laughs> I said those exact words. No, you, I, you are a dangerous no. fellow. I think. Lyndon, I don't know where we'll just we'll edit this and we'll make sure that it's me that said it first. But um, yeah, so anyway. we'll edit it to make it look less embarrassing. <laughs> I would, uh, that's that's true. He does he does control that. Uh, so I would say that if you've hesitated to watch it because maybe you thought like ah it's an old horror movie, it's just so well acted and so well shot that it's still very creepy. Still holds up because it's not very effects based, you know, it's more filmography based, I guess I would say. And so definitely go watch it, put it on the list. If you haven't seen it and you're one of those people that like to watch horror movies in October, like me. Yeah, it is a, it's an amazing film. It's one of those films in the, in the pop culture that even if you haven't seen it, you recognize lots of reference to it, references to it, uh, the whole way, the, uh, the wallpaper and everything. It was even, there's a big sequence based on the shining in um, the film ready player one from earlier this year as well. You know, what's funny is that you say that I realize like all of these things I've probably seen in something like family guy or whatever. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's who those twins are. You know, like, or a hallway yeah. scene where you see twins. It's like, Oh, I had no idea. Like this riding is the that tricycle scene. down the hallway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like the whole, yeah. anyway, um, so it's so embedded in popular culture and it's really survived the test of time but it's quite interesting the film was uh, not a huge success when it first came out it got like mixed reviews and it's a bit controversial because Kubrick was uh, the director was a bit of a strong taskmaster and he was the like Jack Nicholson is amazing and insane in it and he's playing against uh, Shelley Duvall who does have quite an over the top performance but he basically bullied her to the point where she was like pulling her hair out, crying. She did so many takes. The the scene where Jack Nicholson attacks her with a baseball bat, apparently they shot 127 times. Her just screaming, the mental. And apparently he kept saying, Kubrick would say stuff on to crew members, don't sympathise with Shelley. And always just really like berate her on set. And it, in the, there's a documentary about it made by Kubrick's daughter. And that was sort of apparently all part of his plan to make... Um, the character of Wendy Torrance, like really insecure and uh, like anxious constantly. But yeah, but the problem is not nice. (laughs) It's not nice. You you think, I don't, you guys think there'd be less of a tolerance for that today? Oh, definitely. I'd really hope so. Yeah. I think that um, you talk, we talk about method acting. That's method directing, I guess. I mean, that's, that's pushing people to an extreme where, you know, therapy is needed. Yeah, it's. I need therapy just hearing that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you. It's just it is sexist as well because he didn't do it to Jack Nicholson. Yeah, right. Like, ah, uh, he'll be fine. Well, he's already yeah. like he, a, he's mean, already nuts. Jack Nicholson's already already crazy. He's the one who brought put a like a real gun in the scene with Leo DiCaprio in The Departed. But hold on, he's crazy. Here's the thing: I did think watching this movie, and I, I'm curious if anybody does go and watch it for the first time. When I watched this, I thought. God, he was really old back then too. Like he is not he <laughs> yeah. was a really weathered man. I don't know how old he was, but it feels like this movie is very old and I'm like 
if you were to just like like not tell me who it was and say like here's this actor and uh like and someone were to say like so Rodney when do you think this actor died I'd be like mm, 2003 you know like he seems very old in this movie. There are a handful of actors that I think have just always been the exact same age. Like Sean Connery, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, they, yeah. Michael Caine have all been. Who's there, cocaine? It, Michael Caine. <laughs> Stop talking about cocaine, guys. <laughs> Seriously. No, but like Sean Connery played Indiana Jones' dad in Indiana Jones well, 3. Like and he's like 12 years older 12 than Harrison years, Ford. Yeah. But yeah. he looked 82 no but you do wonder it's like is that better or worse would you rather be the guy who is old very young but also stays looking exactly the same for like three decades you speed up and age extremely quickly but then you just hit pause for four i mean sean connery looks the exact same thing now yeah Yeah, Yeah. agreed i mean would you prefer to look 40 for 50 years he doesn't look 40 (laughs) he looks 90 (laughs) it's been 50 years You're moving the post here, Rodney. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what would be preferable, and I realized, like, if I immediately said, you can look 55 today, I'd be like, oh, I'm good. I love how we brushed over a very serious topic of the actors being pushed to extremes and just Shelley debating Duvall. over Wait, how he, old we'd want to be. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just surprised that actors and actresses being as well-paid as they are that you could get away with something like that before I just go, like, I don't need this. See ya. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like it doesn't take me much to be like in a situation where I would just scram quick. It is yeah. interesting too, like and, but, how history remembers things too. Because I feel like there are some people who say, yeah, Kubrick, such a great director. Mm-hmm. Here's an example of something he did. Whereas other people would he, be like, he was known for doing things like that. In A Clockwork Orange, he pretty much almost drowned the main character, didn't he? Malcolm McDowell and that. I don't know. Did he? Yeah, he I did. Feel like you he seem did, to know a whole lot about Stanley own. Kubrick. Yeah, more than me, like, at least. Yeah. yeah, he made. Is it Malcolm McDowell? He made him like go underwater for about two, three minutes, and it was him doing the shot. He was holding him underwater. Yeah, like it's one of the scenes towards the end of the film, and he actually made the actor do it. Crazy. Huh. He waited to the end when he was already committed. <laughs> I'd be like. Yeah. I don't think I need to. Nope. I'm going to hold your nope, head under. That's it. No, I don't think you need to. See oh, you later. Yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> do you think that that does make these movies and performances that much better? Or do we do we romanticize we've got plenty, the idea? We've got plenty of examples where they haven't gone to that extremes and still made great films. Agreed. So and I I, now I'm going to be distracted by it rather than just enjoying the movie for what yeah. it is. I think that's how I feel ultimately. At the end of the day, I just think like – the same thing with it's, method acting. Well, it's no, not it's more impressive. Though. It's, it's, it's not more impressive to me. Well, I don't know. Because there are – we don't have to go into this. I feel like we've talked about it a few different times. But <laughs> I agree with you that the idea that someone can't get out of character without – you know what I mean? Without losing it is not more impressive than someone who can go back and forth. But there is a type of method acting or just committed acting, I guess, where like in Django Unchained when DiCaprio accidentally cut himself with the skull and just kept – kept doing the scene was bleeding like you know didn't stop the scene that's impressive to me but that's different because he's choosing to do that versus a director putting him in a situation where he walks up and slices his hand and then says let's go keep rolling keep it rolling yeah. and it's the way the director rip? acts because because just because they're in charge they think they can treat everyone like rubbish so wasn't it famously david o russell on the set of three kings he's a bit he was shouting at everyone had a right go at a director uh, a right go at one of the extras 
and George Clooney wasn't having any of it and just came up and punched him. Well, thank God you at least said George Clooney because I was about to say, Lyndon, I don't know any words that leave your mouth sometimes. Is he, are you doing it to just prove how much you know about movies? When you said <laughs> David O. Russell and the Three Kingsmen. I was like, I don't know anything you're talking about. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, the film, you must have seen the film Three Kingsmen. I think that was like the fourth Harry Potter one, right? <laughs> oh, God. When was when did this come out? Harry you Potter know, and the Three David Kingsmen? O. Russell also directed Silver Linings Playbook, The Fighter. I love Silver Linings Playbook. That's, Civil Lines Play is a great movies. film. What is Three Kings? You Three know, Kings is a 1999 uh, film him. with George Clooney, Marky Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube. Oh, that's therein lies the problem. You know why I didn't see it? Because Marky Mark Wahlberg used to beat up kids <laughs> that were not of his race and say racial slurs and throw rocks at them. Do you know that? These are aggressive allegations. No, they are very documented. He was working to expunge these permanently from his record now. Because that's the type of guy he is. Huh. I mean, I guess. why? How does he fit that, that into his day with the 90-minute shower? It's a good question. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering where, like, legal battles follows, falls on his, his uh, schedule. Somewhere in between family time back? and 30 minutes of golf. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it back to The Shining. So Jack Nixon has a terrible job in that film. He does. He does. And actually, on that note, gents. Wow, look at Lyndon with the. With the <laughs> he was, wow, I think he's the transition. What time is it for yeah, you right now? He just wants to go to bed. One a.m. You're like, I got to get the heck out of here. Back to The Shining. <laughs> Jack Nicholson had a job. Off, off uh, Marky Mark again. Yeah. Let me tell you guys uh, five of the worst jobs in the world. Now, this is actually a collection of several different lists I looked at, and I picked the 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 five that I would least want to do. Um, so these are Chet's worst jobs. These are these are Chet's worst jobs of the worst jobs in the world list that I saw on one Google search. <laughs> Got it. It just Fair. felt more concise to say five worst jobs in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for being thorough. Yeah. I, I just needed to ask. Yeah. I, I need the people All to know. Awesome. If nothing else, you are stubbornly detailed. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right. So the first one. <clears throat> Hosting a show where Rodney is the no, – okay. Right, no, the first one is uh, armpit sniffer. Okay. So a little bit of context for this. It would be yeah. like in a controlled setting where they're testing out certain deodorants. So they bring in people, they pay them to use the deodorants, but then the actual employees of the company have to go in and test it. And I was thinking like, why not just ask the people themselves? Like, hey, sniff your armpit, tell me if it smells bad. But I realized like, that's not really a controlled test. You have to get your nose up in there. <laughs> so that to me right there is number five. Hold on. How do you decide what is bad and what? Who? How do you decide the sniffer? Rodney's going to have so many questions about this. One, one feels pretty straightforward to me. How do you decide what is the sniffer? Bad? No, no, no. How do you decide the sniffer? Like, what if the like, what if the sniffer has a bigger tolerance for smell? Like, ah, it smells pretty good. Ah, it smells pretty good. I think, I think maybe one of the qualifications. What, what if the day he's got a cold? He's like, no, it all smells the same. <laughs> I think that's a job where you have to call in sick if you get the sniffles. <laughs> Uh, hey, Sniffer, Mr. Sniffer, uh, how does he smell? Mm, I don't know. Pretty good, I guess. Maybe. I don't know, actually. I can't smell anything, but I thought this was Mr. a joke. <laughs> Mr. Sniffle, Mr. Sniffer has the sniffles. Do you know, do you know what these jobs pay? No, I guess I, I could, God, I could just man. make something up. Can you be more thorough next time? Please, would you, yeah. ass- would you imagine that this is minimum wage? I can't imagine that it's minimum wage. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess on a side note, we talked about when we were at that bowling place and the, the, <laughs> there, there was an old school bowling alley where the, when the pins got knocked down, someone would literally physically pick them up and reset them. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting paid enough, whatever it was. It's crazy. Chet would yell down and say, hurry hey, up. Hurry. hurry up, slaves. These balls are real heavy. 
all right, next one. This one, uh, I, this one sucks. This is uh, in India, in other parts of the world, but specifically India, because I think it's like an actual paid job where other places of the world, they might just make people do this. Um, it's a manual sewage clog remover. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty self-descriptive, but sometimes just more efficient and more timely just to have someone go down there with a with a – Something, a scraper, a shovel. I don't quite know what equipment is given out, but I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're diving, they're diving and they're going in to unclog that, uh, you know, that clog. How quickly do you shower after you get out of that? <laughs> oh man. I, how quickly? That's one question. I think the other That's question is how long do I shower. stay in the, exactly. It's <laughs> a 90 minute or right there. A, I just, I just feel like. There'd just be something so terrible about, like, as you're, like, there'd showering. Be, there'd be something so terrible. Something so terrible. At, Could it be at, the poop? Yeah. But imagine as you're showering <laughs> to be, like, feeling clumps. <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? That would oh. just be the part where just be constantly, like, oof. That All right. Just... So, so I think this one's easy, but would you rather be the armpit sniffer or the manual Come sewage? on. <laughs> I'll sniff your armpits right now. It doesn't bother me that much. Let's not make this weird. Next one. That's, that's uh, not a choice. <laughs> This one's actually not that bad. I figured I'd throw in kind of a funny one to mix it up over here. Order? What are you, a psycho? (laughs) So this one is a pet food taster, which it never occurred to me that that was something that probably needed to be done. And I was thinking, well, couldn't you just get some puppies and some kittens and some, you know, in there to taste? But then I think they pretty much eat anything. So I feel like you need to have like to determine what is good or what isn't. You got to have someone get up in there. I don't think so. I disagree. I think that if a puppy or a cat were to eat it, I'd be like, yeah, it looks good to me. Looks good. Because, I mean, Cause dogs, I, they know, like, what poison. I feel like I trust a dog more than a human to know what poison is and not to eat it. Well, dogs eat their own vomit. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not poison. Or other like, dogs poo sometimes. Yeah, I know, but still, it's not poison. Like, it's not going to kill them. Well, its body rejected it, and then it wanted to ingest it. Is that what you think poop is? Poop is a waste. It's not what. Do- Dr. Linden, can you please weigh in? Did your body <laughs> Dr. reject... Linden. Paging Dr. Linden. <laughs> I guess uh, there is one small detail about this that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, too, but he doesn't swallow it. He'll chew it, taste it, and then spit it. So it reminds me of, like, a wine tasting. I'm, I'm just curious <laughs> if he kind of swirls it around a little bit and sniffs the bowl. I just <laughs> also like the idea that it's like, well, I don't eat the food. I just taste it. I'm it's a like, taster. Yeah, but you taste, that's the worst part. You are a dog food eater if you're tasting it. <laughs> sounds, like you know a, I mean? sounds like something a fi- like a fifth grader would call another fifth grader. You are, you're a d- dog food eater. No, I just, I just, I just taste it. it. I, I don't eat the poop. I just taste it. <laughs> I, so yeah, so that's, you know, that's, I guess, you know, it's a like if job. I were to tell you that I ate human poop, and you, you said, God, and I go, no, I chat. I don't eat it. I spit I it out. I, I just taste it. It's just for the taste. You would say, that's worse. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I don't know why that's a, I don't know why that's a detail. I think if, if it's not safe for me to swallow, then in that case, then I'm more concerned. There's a lot of jokes. There's just a lot of jokes. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one, you're, you're which is a vomit collector. <laughs> Which I take issue with the name vomit collector uh, at a <laughs> at an amusement park. Which I take issues with a lot of the things here because I mean, it's, again, self descriptive. It's the person who cleans up the puke. But the idea that it's called a vomit collector, it's like, guy, you are paying a sixteen year old seven fifty an hour minimum wage to come to your amusement park and clean up puke. He's not collecting anything. He's not. It's, don't try to make it sound better. It's a, it's, he's cleaning up, he's cleaning up puke. He's not a vomit collector. Mm. That to me, if you're like a six year old kid, like, dude, get a paper route. I, I just feel like 
well, what if there is some? There's there's got to be at least one kid somewhere going like, I got I got some good vomit today. I have no doubt that there are vomit collectors in this world, but I don't think that they. Well, actually, you know what? I do bet they hang out at amusement parks. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey, kid, kid, kid! I, I'll get this one. <laughs> I can't stand. Or most bodily fluids, obviously, with my job, I can handle vomit. The smell, I can't handle. Mm-hmm. The nurses still wind me up about this one time. Obviously, this kid came in. Mum's like, oh, he hasn't had anything to eat for days. He's got a really sore throat. I was like, okay. Sit in mum's lap. Have a look in your throat. And look, put the tongue depressor in. The kid just vomed all over his lap, all over mum's lap. It was all like noodles. I was like, well, you've been lying. He's obviously been eating. <laughs> <laughs> I like one that you gave. Wait, he vomited on his own in, in his mum's lap? He didn't get any Yeah, because he you? was... He was sitting on mum's lap, but I saw it coming. It's just the smell. I just stood up, didn't say anything, went, nope, walked out the room and told him this. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't handle it. You know that, you know that one time uh, I, was at a, uh, I was at an amusement park with younger children. Uh, Rodney frequently was, hangs out with younger <laughs> children, if you're wondering. I was in a chaperone role, and um, there is a ride that goes like like the pirate ship, but that also spins 360 as it's going like you know up and down. Um, that the the children had gone on many many times. Now this very last time, very last ride of the day, I could tell his name was Alex. I could tell Alex was like not really into it. Uh, but his sister was like, yes, no, we're going on one more ride and this is what it's going to be because there's no line. So I like looked at him and I thought like, Alex, you're all right with it. And he just kind of shrugged, but this time didn't say, use any words. Like, uh, like he's definitely not feeling up for it, but he's seen, he's not saying no. So take the kids on the ride. We're going and it's like late, later in the night. And then like at one point I feel like a drop of rain on my head. And so, you know, always me always trying to make a joke to the entire, uh, to the entire ride, I say like, geez, was that rain? I, I hope it's rain. This is when the Morgan Freeman narrator said, but it <laughs> wasn't rain. <laughs> and also the person, not to my left, who was Alex, but the person to his left, who was strange young, tri- young, young man. Also maybe named Alex, but yes. Maybe. Yeah. He says, it's not rain. And then I turn and look and Alex has vomited all over this probably 17-year-old kid's leg. <laughs> and I'm, now, I'm telling you, if someone has vomited on a ride, it never feels longer than the next, like, what was probably 15 seconds, but felt like an hour and a half. It was, we were going for so long that he vomited again all over himself. <laughs> and, it, I mean, this, like, and then it's like at that point that you realize, like, oh, wow, nothing is more important than getting vomit off everyone. Now, the, like, the people, the ride stops, and someone comes on. And they're Call like, in the vomit collector. They're, they're Bring like, them in. The, the person comes on, like, hey, did you all have fun? And me and this other 16-year-old car are like, shut up! Open the door! Open the door! Open the door! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... Uh, it's, it's the smell, right. though, isn't it? The smell it's of the fresh smell. vomit. Oh. It's the Ooh. smell. It's so makes you, makes you hell. It's Ooh. so sharp. <laughs> Gosh. I think, yeah, I don't... I don't want to. Well, I will say this: that there was one time where I was in a uh, like a like a cabin setting with multiple bunk beds, and I was awake pretty late at night as I heard someone kind of like starting to get sick. Sounded like they were kind of groaning, and then they they <laughs> vomited everywhere, and I heard it hit the floor, and I just pretended to be asleep because mm-hmm. like, someone's going to go up to help them, and that someone is not <laughs> going to be me. Let's face it; I am not being paid to be the vomit collector today. So the last one, <clears throat> the last. 
uh, job that I think is is pretty bad uh, is similar to the uh, manual sewer declogger. Uh, this one is a hazmat diver. Okay, so similar in the sense of like you're doing the same job, but the pool in which you cannonball <laughs> is uh, made up of different things. So hazardous materials uh, could consist of a lot of different things, and that's the problem. And so what this person does is they will go in and they will perform general maintenance on the tanks and, you know, repair damages. But what I really love is the description that I found of this job because it says, hazmat diving is a dangerous line of work that involves diving into raw sewage or dangerous chemicals to control pollution, repair damages, and conduct general maintenance involving hazardous materials. Naturally, the job requires several vaccinations. But here's the kicker. Naturally. And the donning of uncomfortable helmets. It's like, I don't think that's the part anyone's worried about. If it's, if, like, if I'm sitting there, yeah, if I'm someone who wants to, yeah, Rodney's sitting there, he's going to take the job. And the person says, you sure you want this job? It involves a uh, dangerous line of work. Yep. Sounds good. Raw sewage, dangerous chemicals. Yeah. Love that's it. why I'm here. Control pollution. That's my, that's the best thing I do. Repair damages. No problem. Uh, but we also have these helmets. They're quite uncomfortable. Rodney would be like, nope, I'm out. I'm out. Maybe. That might be the part. <laughs> well, you had me up until helmets. <laughs> I did recently rent a bike in when I was in Austin. And they said, oh, do you want do you want the helmet? And I said, um, is it required? And they said, no. I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, just highly recommended. That's fine. So uh, which of those five jobs are you guys taking? Just pick one real quick. So we're going to wrap up here. What's the one? Are we doing the uh, – are you the armpit sniffer? Are you – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rule out the, the – Pet food taster, because I feel like that's the, the most... Uh, actually, no, armpit sniffer's no. kind of easy, too. Yeah. All right, I'm going to make you choose between the sewage clog remover, the vomit collector, or the hazmat diver. I mean, of all the senses that you have to have, like, ruined, I feel like all of them involve probably scent to some degree. So I'm taking the armpit sniffer. At least I don't have to taste something. I didn't include that one as an option, but okay. Lyndon, what, what, what would well, you choose? Well, no, you got to make him choose one of the three. I didn't. Oh, I guess I, 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 I didn't listen. You're too were, ready to answer. I, I was so ready. I said I'm ruling those two out. So you have to pick manual sewage clog remover, vomit collector, or vomit collector. Then. Yeah, me too. I just get over the smell. smell. Yeah, it's still yeah, just the smell. smell. Yeah, yeah. Just get vomit over collector, it. but you're not actually damaging your body swimming yeah. in poo or chemicals. And obviously, and you're outside. Poo, I feel like that one because I bet they're not wearing helmets. So I'm going with the one that at least I'm in a hazmat suit, maybe. So. That wraps up our spooktacular speculation. Next year, we'll work Guys, on the title. Spooktacular spectacular. I can't believe you guys haven't thought of that. That's pretty clever, actually. Not yeah, bad, Ronnie. Thanks. Speculative speculation. That's worse. It sounds worse coming from him. Sometimes his accent makes things sound so much better, and other times it makes me have bad chills up and down my body. Yeah, you know what I mean for the chills. What what percentage? What what percentage would you say? I'm hovering at 50-50, I think. My, mine's 99-1. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall, guys. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Down the Hall Podcast. You can go to downthehallpodcast.com, scroll down and recommend a movie for us to watch. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback and the listener interaction. And Sam, even though uh, you said that I called Rodney tiresome, uh, we appreciate the new listener. And you, uh, you, what do you mean you say? You, yes, you say that I'm tired. If I said it, I didn't mean it. I don't find you tiresome. I don't. Do you find me hilarious? I find you. And see, which hey, ready? You got to sign a percentage between those two things. What Mm -hmm. is it? Tune in next week for my percentage. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week.